Welcome back to Thinking About It. Uh, Dave, Dave Barker, my old friend. Um, we are, we're kind of following up from last week when we opened up the um, abortion issue. And I think uh, a book that we've just read, uh, Nancy Piercy, is it? Yep, Nancy Piercy. Yeah, she has uh, some real helpful insights to help us understand um, this, the background of this controversy and uh, the book called uh, Love Thy Body. You've got it there with you. And I just thought it would be good for us just to just to go there for a little bit. And it, it just helps us understand a lot of what's going on in our culture, um, how she would argue that it's basically a revival of ancient Gnosticism. Um, did, you, did you pick that up in the book? Yeah. Um, and she, she stresses <clears throat> the fact that um, uh, she talks about what's called the personhood theory, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, an outworking of the factor, the value of 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 a body person split, right? And that kind of the old Gnostic, the spiritual is better than the physical, that kind of thing. And she says, to be biologically human is a scientific fact, but be in a person to be a person is an ethical concept defined by what we value. That's what she's arguing against. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Uh, abortion. Then she says rests on the personhood theory, in that you have a person which is moral and legal standing, a body, which then is expe- uh, an expendable biological organism. And so it's this dualism that she is arguing against and saying that's not a biblical concept, nor is it, nor is it actually a, an ethic or ethical or moral mm-hmm. valuable concept. Mm-hmm. Right? So when we think of, of humanity... We need to think, if we're, if we're thinking biblically, we need to think that God has created us as embodied souls. Our bodies matter. Love thy body. That's the title right. of her book. exactly. And uh, your, your body um, should not be discarded. In fact, your body informs you yeah. about your orientation, for instance, sure. your sexuality. And you don't, you don't have a biblical support. In fact, even, I think, psychologically, you can't disregard the implications of your body. And she would argue that somehow that's what we're doing today. So young people, by and large, seem to think that they can ignore the implications of their body, which has, which leads us to another conversation, but it also helps us understand why people can be so dismissive when, when they're in a position where they abort living body because they have a particular way of looking at, at a person that discounts the body as something that can be swept away because it's not really a human or it's not really a person. Yeah, and I find it interesting because in our theology, um, when it comes to, for example, Christ's resurrection, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, a, there's an element of, we would probably call right. it more liberal Christian thinking, that uh, it, there, wasn't ne- there wasn't necessarily a bodily resurrection. There was some kind of spiritual resurrection or that kind of thing. But we as evangelicals would argue vigorously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, first of all, it was a virgin birth with a person and a embodied. Uh, we would argue vigorously that it was a physical resurrection. Mm-hmm. And we would argue vigorously that it is a visible bodily return of christ and ultimately it's a 
uh, it's a physical, uh, bodily, eternal existence mm-hmm. in a new heavens and new earth. Mm-hmm. So I don't see this dichotomy uh, in scripture. Yes, absent from the body, present with the Lord, but we all recognize that that is a temporary state. The ultimate realization of fullness of, of eternal existence is an embodied reality. Yeah. Uh, we're called humans, mm-hmm. humus, dirt people, if you mm-hmm. were. We're dust. And it's interesting because at creation, you know, uh, God formed humankind out of the dust of the ground, breathed into that person, breathed into him, um, and then he became, he became a living nefesh. He became a living soul. He became a living being, became mm-hmm. a living creature as, as brought together as one. So when we think of the resurrection, I think Paul uh, faced this with the Athenians, right? Is that they, they were grossed out when he said that his worldview included a future for the flesh, for the body. Mm-hmm. And they were all excited that when he, he, he seemed to imply that the future in his uh, worldview, in his religion, was uh, an escape, which uh, a spiritual um, entity re- removed from the body. And then he says, oh, by the way, there is a resurrection. We're dragging the body into the eternal state. And he lost them at that point. Yeah. And, and I think that's... that's that's where uh, Piercy argues that, that we're headed today, where people want to imagine that we are these spirit beings who happen to ab- uh, abide in a body, but um, don't let the body limit you in any way. And if you've got a body that is, that is growing within your womb, um, that's all it is. It's, it's, it's not the essence of what a human being is. It's just a, a machine that doesn't need to continue. What, what do you, what do you think? We often hear the word entrapment, or we were we're trapped. Is that kind of what you're after here? Um, she well, she goes there in the book where yeah. people feel I'm I'm trapped in the wrong body. I'm a I'm a male in a female body. Right. We got to fix this. Right. Yeah. Where she would say, no, love your body. Yeah. You know, work with it. Yeah. Um, there is a problem here, but it's not with your body. Something needs to be fixed, but it's not your body. And, and we are fallen and broken creatures, and I, I think we need to bring a deep sense of sympathy, a deep sense of compassion, a deep sense of grace uh, to folks who are struggling with that kind of thing. We, we all know people who have, I, I have a neighbor who is a transgender, um, and, you know, to reach out to that person in grace and love and compassion and understand that there is a brokenness here and, and uh, that somehow the church needs to engage that reality of, of we, we live in a broken, sinful, cursed world where we all struggle with all kinds of different things. And that's one of many that we can't just condemn and walk away. There is the, the message of grace right. and redemption and the gospel involved here. But it's unfortunate that in this moment in Canadian history and culture, we're not allowed to counsel someone. Yeah. Um, yeah, in a way that we're talking about right now. In fact, I could I could possibly get in some trouble just for saying this on the air that uh, we would counsel someone to deal with their body and to orient their mind uh, to the truth. You know that that your body is something. Yeah, and she would say that that is a path to wholeness, right? To to have this correct view 
of um, humanity that respects both of those things. And that's not the counsel that is being given uh, today. And I think it's creating all kinds of uh, societal, sociological uh, problems for us. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Of course, you know, you and I are in the world of our grandkids and what they're dealing with in schools, right? Mm -hmm. And and one of my grandkids um, came home and told her mom and dad that uh, I think seven, eight, nine kids in her class, and I think it's a grade four or five, maybe. No, it was. I guess it was a grade eight class, and that they have deliberately um, changed their pronouns. Mm that to which they want to be referred, right? Mm-hmm. And these are, man, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, right? And it's, wow. And then another couple of grandkids uh, just told my, my wife the other day, they were over and they said, Granny, um, I, I just want you to know that, um, that we're straight, <laughs> and, uh, and that, I just, I, you know, yeah. and she mentioned a, cu- a cousin of hers and she said, yeah, just, we're, we're straight. So you, you don't have to worry about us okay. and that kind of thing. And I, this is a, this is a kid in, I don't know, grade five, mm-hmm. something like that. And you go, mm-hmm. wow, I don't remember those conversations in grade five. No, the world has changed in the last 20 years. And, you know, we as leaders, dads, grandfathers, pastors, grandmothers, mothers. Ah, wow. We need to be equipped with this kind of thing to know how to speak to our kids and encourage them biblically. Mm-hmm. I, I find it interesting uh, in, in Nancy Piercy's book. Um, sometimes, sometimes you and I can get accused of being an old white man who wants to impose our theology, but I find it's a woman mm-hmm. okay, speaking this way. Now, he, she, you know, she, she quotes Timothy Keller, who's an old white guy like mm-hmm. you and me, Um, But she quotes him from ancient times, writes Timothy Keller, the God of the Bible stood out from the gods of all, all other religions as a God on the side of the powerless and of, and of justice for the poor. And then she goes on, she quotes Psalm 139, she quotes Job, Jeremiah, and this kind of thing. Then she goes into the New Testament, Luke, and, and the virgin birth. And uh, she writes, he, she comments on this. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the spirit. That infilling empowered her to recognize that the newly pregnant Mary as the mother of my Lord in Luke 1, 41 to 43, that tiny embryo mm-hmm. in the womb was already my Lord. A living soul. A living creature, soul, yes, and uh, columnist Matt, Matt Walsh writes, Jesus was himself at one point an unborn child. If there were any questions before his arrival about the sanctity of human life, those questions were answered 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Kind of a challenging way to think about yeah. the whole thing rooted in the virgin birth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and, but I find it interesting. That it is this Nancy Piercy who is arguing this kind of thing. It's not just a bunch of old white men. God bless her and her kind. (laughs) And may, you know, God multiply her her tribe for sure. So do you think that, you know, we apply that to abortion and the sanctity of that embryo and whatnot, but her point is that, that the body matters, right? So we've all got these bodies. Now, we used to hear that the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You treat it well, for that reason, right? 
But I think one of the implications of her argument there is that if, if this body is going to follow me into the resurrection, or then it matters what I do with it now, right? Yeah, I, I, there's always that now but not yet notion. Mm-hmm. And, and the New Testament, Paul in particular, never argues that the eschaton is something that is, doesn't, it's, He always argues backwards from the eschaton that in light of the new creation, these are the people you ought to be. So I can't can't argue that, well, in the meantime, now, I'll just use my body for pleasure. Yeah. Uh, In the eschaton, it'll be different. But for now, um, I'll do do all those things. Every every vice, um, I'm going to enjoy them. But I can't, I can't say that because there's a connection. My body, this will be the body that I bring into the, into the, into the future, into the kingdom, uh, the eschaton. So it means that now I have to regard it as a sacred thing. I, I have to treat it with dignity now. It's not my own, right? And furthermore, I think the way we treat our bodies now is indicative of whether we truly believe in the eschaton and believe in this thing called Christianity and Christ followership and part of what it is to be the ki- in part of the kingdom of God. It's an indicator that we truly believe in that reality, in that truth. And to, to engage in the kind of things that you just talked about here, I think is a sense in saying, it, it's, a, it's a denial. It's saying, I, I really don't believe it. it okay, mm-hmm. I, 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 I know it's going to be different in the eschaton, but I can treat it differently now. That says to me, you don't really believe it. Mm-hmm. And, and that your belief will actually matter now about what that future time is going to be. Doesn't Paul say, he quotes um, a philosopher, the body for the food and the food for the body. That, that whole approach, that's all the body's good for. Um, for pleasure and just deal with it. Right. Something else is more important. Right. And I can see how that's an issue in the church. You know, we don't um, look after our bodies. Oh, one day I'll be resurrected, so who cares if I'm overweight or who cares if, if I smoke and drink? It's, it's a tent that is fading away. God's going to fix it. We have the same attitude with the earth, right? Absolutely. It's going to be a new earth, so who cares if, if we mess it up right now? God's going to fix it one day. Yeah, that, okay, that's a whole another conversation. And I think that we have got to deal with that and recognize that as stewards of creation, we are not just dealing with something in the present. We are reflecting on what we believe about the future and about the yeah, new, I don't think it's, new earth. Yeah, it's, not, it's a little bit of a different conversation, but I think it's, it's the same. You know, God has created the earth. He's created our bodies. God is spirit. We are, there is that aspect, but but these things were created by God for good and to abide forever. And because of that, we need to treat our bodies as stewardship and our planet Absolutely. as stewards. And I just think we'll, we'll talk a lot about the, you know, the earth and as Christians more and more are becoming conscious of that. But I think we need to think about that in reference to our own bodies as well, how we need to be concerned about our fitness, our health, uh, the way our diet, uh, the, even the way we look, the way we present, um, needs to go through a filter, right? Of is this 
the way that God would have me steward this body. It's interesting. Moses in the book of Deuteronomy talks about the fact that um, Sabbath was intended for re-nefishing. And I thought, that is fascinating. Now, and you have to understand, the word nefesh, often translated soul, that's actually a mistranslation. It is actually creature. So Sabbath keeping was for re-creaturing, mm-hmm. recreating, mm-hmm. Um, not just for re-souling for kind of spiritual emphasis, but to re-energize and to renew and re-strengthen the complete person. We often think about body, soul, and spirit, or whether we're dichotomous or trichotomous. The Bible doesn't, at times it kind of indicates that kind of thing, but that's not the core of mm-hmm. how, the, how Scripture sees us as persons. They always see us as whole creatures. And this dichotomy, trichotomy that we tend to run in leads to an mm-hmm. agnostic mm-hmm. Uh, kind of thing. And even the, the ascetics, uh, you know, the, the desert fathers and that kind of stuff had a misunderstanding of what the, all that really meant, right? Yeah. Deny the body and your, your spirit will excel. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I don't see that as biblical. Right. You're denying the flesh isn't necessarily literal flesh. It's the impulses Absolutely. That, 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 that it's the are old, in the flesh. It's the old creation. It's the yeah. old creature. It's the old world mm-hmm. that we are to deny for sure. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while you, you, you hear um, from, from references to tragedies in the you know, 50, 100 years ago where uh, in the Titanic, how many souls were lost, right? They didn't mean just spirits, but people, body mm-hmm. and soul were lost. So they had that idea that that's what a soul is. Oh, you, you just talk about soul them. winning, right? And I'm not sure we fully understand what all that meant. Well, I think we emphasize on that. It was a a saving of the spirit, a saving of the immaterial part so that when we die, we can go to heaven. But we were in, we were innately or maybe unintentionally saying, no, we are person winning and complete nefeshim, complete people. Yeah, and God, we belong to the Lord. Our bodies belong to the Lord. We 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 yield them up uh, to Him, and I just think that that's a part of our theology that needs to be revisited from time to time. So, so the body matters. Uh, the name of the book is "Love Your Body," and I think um, she's onto something. Uh, God has created our bodies wonderfully, fearfully made, and uh, there is some. Uh, ways in which the body informs us, and uh, to ignore that um, is the root of a lot of problems that we face. So, Dave, again, top of the hour, we are out of time. Uh, for those of you who are listening to us, thanks for listening. Uh, the book is Nancy Piercy, Love Thy Body, a tremendous read. She's got some other books out there as well, and uh, you'd do well just to pick that up. So, until next time, thank you for thinking about this.